and welcome to a special edition of Long Story Short, the Future Cities podcast from Arcadis. I'm Emma Nelson and welcome to Manchester. We're at the Great Northern Conference talking about the Arcadis Sustainable Cities Index. We'll be finding out what it is, what it's uncovered and how it can offer us a new vision of prosperity. This is about inclusion. So how do people within these localities like Manchester and Leeds get the benefit from the investment and the development that's going on in these places? And we're in Manchester for a very good reason. It and Leeds are among the top 100 in the index. We'll be hearing from Arcadis and their clients to find out what they're doing and how they can help us unlock future potential. So the work that goes on building partnerships, going into schools, connecting kids with the opportunities that exist and inspiring them is a really lovely thing to be involved in. That's all ahead on Long Story Short, the Future Cities podcast from Arcadis. So we look north today, and in particular to the places some of its cities occupy in the fifth edition of the Arcadis Sustainable Cities Index. It's a piece of research which ranks 100 cities in terms of environment, economy and social factors. Manchester and Leeds rank 32nd and 34th respectively in the index. Pretty commendable positions, but these are places which are filled with drive and ambition, and there is plenty to go on. But there was plenty of drive at the Great Northern Conference. It's a day when leading voices from the private and public sector come together. The theme is building a greener, fairer and more equal North. High on the agenda was sustainability of all kinds. Arcadis was there. And a little earlier, I heard from Nick Keeley, a director with Arcadis in the north of England. And I began by asking Nick to explain to us what the Sustainable Cities Index is. So this is a piece of research that Arcadis have undertaken, looking at um, cities across the globe to understand how they they measure in terms of our kind of three pillars of focus. That's around the people, planet and profit, um, with a view to understanding how they're performing and perhaps more importantly, where focus and investment should be. And what do we mean by people, planet, profit? So the three pillars, uh, people firstly, is all about how people, their quality of life, so the the health, the access to services, education, connection to jobs, etc. So how they feel within those localities. Planet is a broader measure around energy, looking at decarbonisation of transport systems, access to green spaces, energy efficiency, etc., and profit is much kind of broader than just a kind of commercial performance. It's looking at the kind of prosperity of these areas and what the outcomes are for the people who live in those areas. So in terms of opportunities for, for growth, new jobs and improved productivity. We're talking here about the idea of what prosperity beyond profit, aren't we? There is an effort, isn't there, by Arcadis to sort of reframe the idea of what profit means? It is. It's This is about inclusion and and that wider outcomes for people so how do people within these localities like manchester and leeds get the benefit from the investment and the development that's going on in these places so being able to kind of understand that and view that as part of a sustainable city's performance is really really important just tell us a little bit more then about who's riding high in the sustainable cities index oslo comes out top I guess we've all got a kind of view of a kind of Scandinavian city, that kind of balanced approach to, to how they kind of work together. So places like Oslo have a fantastic quality of life. They put a lot of investment into decarbonisation. 
their political systems based on fairness and equality. So, you know, great education and health outcomes as well. Let's move to the cities that make the cut when it comes to British cities. Um, Two cities that we've got to talk about. They feature widely in today's episode of Long Story Short. One of them is Leeds and the other one is um, Manchester. Now, you're not so far from either of them, actually. You're closer, perhaps, to Leeds. But tell us a little bit about why these two places did so well. From a Manchester perspective, they've done really well from a people perspective. And that's really through to that point around accessibility to jobs. People can travel across Greater Manchester. The tram system is fantastic. And the opportunities that have come from investment, that linkage has really worked. From a Leeds perspective, seen some fantastic work now happening between the local authority and investors in terms of new parks and active travel investment around the city improvements to air quality, etc., which which really makes Leeds a great place to live. Neither of these northern cities make it to the top 20 in the SCI. So there's clearly a suggestion that they need a little bit of help somewhere. Where where is where are those needs? It, you're absolutely right. And you know it's no surprise that these locations and the towns and settlements around it, you know, it's a very much a focus to the government's levelling up agenda. They need support with economic development. They don't perform particularly well from a profit perspective. There is a skills shortage, which is well known about, and some great momentum in terms of investment, and and that change is happening. But, you know, there's still a little bit of way to go. Uh, And similarly around decarbonisation, still very much a a dependency around carbon, whether that's in terms of transport or, or industry. And again, some fantastic examples of work that's going on to to decarbonise, but it it will take a little bit of time for that to kind of show through in terms of our index. But there are good things that the cities are doing. I mean, if we move away from environment and go to the people bit, if you go to somewhere like Manchester, um, the mayor there, Andy Burnham, removed the bus fare so that young people could get to higher education. And as a result the A-level results improved. I mean, this is a really simple idea, but it depends on a local authority, a local government being able to take control of its own destiny, doesn't it? Absolutely. That's a really tangible example of the impact that devolution powers can bring to local areas. Andy Burnham has much greater powers and control than we've got across in West Yorkshire. And therefore, some of the measures that they've been able to adopt there are starting to deliver in terms of outcomes it would be great to see you know, greater powers and, and devolution and funding that comes with that in, in West Yorkshire as well. Finally, what makes a good city that ranks highly in the index when it comes to the environment? From an environment perspective, I think we're all taken during the pandemic that the importance of green spaces and having places where they can um, experience the environment and, and enjoy the outside life. Um, places like Oslo and Paris have got some fantastic city parks. So I think that's an aspiration which places like Leeds are are focusing on. So there's an investment going in on a new park in the city, an urban park next to the station, and also a a new kind of green park that links down to the river on the South Bank. So some fantastic opportunities to very much improve that kind of environmental score, equally around clean air. And what that brings really in terms of making cities much more livable, healthier, addresses those issues around things like mental health, which is a kind of you know, critical concern to, to, to many, many areas.
Nick Keeley from Arcadis, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Emma. Well, let's head back now to the conference in Manchester. We heard a moment ago how in its Sustainable Cities Index, Arcadis is changing the way it looks at the word prosperity. It's moving away from being a purely financial term. In fact, the cities that do well in this year's index prioritise the environment and the quality of life of their citizens. Well, Jessica Bowles is the Director of Strategic Partnerships and Impact at the Manchester-based property company Bruntwood. Jessica is an adopted Mancunian. And over a cup of tea, she told me how she's seen the city change dynamically in the 10 years since she moved here. I came to look at universities here in the early 90s and it was a very, very different city. Very few people lived in the city centre, maybe in the hundreds rather than what we've got now. And it was a city that was absolutely suffering from industrial decline. But what we've seen over those intervening years and in particular the last decade is an economy that's built on a different set of foundations really using its its knowledge industries creating a really brilliant living environment for people and attracting talent from all over the world the challenge is really about how we connect people who live here more effectively to all of the opportunities that exist and that's starting to bear fruit and we're sat here today in UA92 which is one of the institutions in in Manchester that are really um, helping do that but there's further to go I think. Tell us about UA92. So UA92 is a new university here in well actually it's based in Trafford but part of Greater Manchester supported by the class of 92 from Old Trafford Gary Neville and his colleagues to really help students who wouldn't traditionally have gone to university to come and get a university degree being able to work at the same time doing it in a way that supports their personal development and really really connects with industry and business so it's got brilliant business partners providing mentorship work experience and opportunities at the other end of their degrees and Bruntwood we're really proud to be an investor in the university because we think it's doing exactly the right sort of things for the communities of Manchester but also for the businesses of Manchester providing more digital skills and industry experience. There's no shortage of get up and go there is there here? Oh really none I mean um, I came to Manchester first I didn't know how long for maybe it was going to be six months maybe two years and I'm still here 11 or 12 years later because it's just such a brilliant place to get things done and you can create partnerships you, you meet people you create a network of people and it's a place that encourages people to just get on and do it. And when you have a city like Manchester and also Leeds powering up Arcadis's mm-hmm. index, what is it that northern cities like Manchester and Leeds and others as well, mm-hmm. let's, let's bring in Hull, mm-hmm. Sheffield, Newcastle, everybody, what can they do to galvanise the energy that you've just talked about to push themselves even further up into the index, to hit the top ten, to get Oslo on the back foot a bit? So I think we've been seeing this happening and Bruntwood works right across the North and the Midlands in our regional cities. The sense of working out what you're really good at as a city, what are those strengths, looking really closely at where you need to improve and what your strengths are today and building your economy around those but also thinking about the communities you've got and the people who are there and the nature of the place and using those strengths not to build an identikit city but to build your city and to build it for the future. And can you give me an example of where that's worked? 
Yeah, you can see that in Leeds, really thinking about their inclusive growth agenda. So they grasped that. Leeds City Council, bringing together partners, really started saying, well, what is it about Leeds that we need to focus on? And they wanted to focus on inclusion, a friendly city, something that understood the nature and the character of the people and the place. And, you know, this is a public sector example in terms of outcome, but it has community benefits what that's enabled to happen is their children's services department to go to outstanding and that is really unusual in a city with the sorts of levels of deprivation that the cities in the north have but that's because they've had that focus um, from the private sector the third sector and and the public sector that was jessica bowles from bruntwood there talking to me about how the north as a whole can step up Well, Leeds, like Manchester, is in the top 40 in Arcadis Sustainable Cities Index this year. And it's to Leeds where we turn our focus next. The city's university has pledged to be net zero by 2030 and net zero without the use of carbon offsetting by 2050. And a large part of this promise involves transforming and retrofitting 21 of the university's buildings. Brian Ford is leading this project with the help of Arcadis. And a little earlier, he told me how they're doing it. So there are 10 or 11 work streams which contribute towards the net zero goal. So there are the interventions, the direct interventions to buildings which I'm involved with, but there's also sort of behaviour change travel, transport, all those sort of things which contribute to our carbon emissions. My bit of it is, to my mind, the most interesting. So we've we've chosen 21 buildings which we're looking at. We've, We've spent the last six months assessing their operation and energy performance to get a, a really accurate handle on that. We're now going through scenarios of how we change how they're heated, powered, operated to reduce that significantly to transfer from a gas-fired heating system and powered system to electric. Additionally, longer term, we will be looking at our own generation of electricity as well. Uh, So the, the way we do that is by moving to air source and ground source heat pumps which as a non-engineer, they're fancy bits of kit, which are like a reverse fridge where you produce energy by taking heat from the air or heat from the ground and converting that to heat and energy within the building. So what's your biggest challenge in all this? And what's the stuff that's keeping you awake at night? Probably excitement, really. It's it's like a something that I've been passionately involved in, in in my private life. I've been involved in environmental causes for 30 odd years. But, you know, as a building surveyor, I've got a day job, but, it, you know, it sort of combines the two things. So at the moment, I can't really believe what I'm involved with. And at the moment, there's nothing held us back so far, uh, other than it's, you know, it's just incredibly technically difficult understanding how a building, you know, a massive building operates. I guess finance will be the thing that will hold us back because we're starting to understand what we need to do and we can start doing it, but we've got limited money. Finally, the role that the university plays in the city when it comes to leading on reaching net zero targets. How much Mm -hmm. do you recognise that if you do it, it really does set the bar high for the whole city? We're leading the city by example. The key players in the city are city council, 
the health authority and the university, well, we're in a far better financial position than the other two. And, you know, how they keep hospitals running and moved to net zero is something that I don't know how they manage. And the city council is the same. But there is big commitment from the city council. Brian Ford, thank you so much for joining us on Long Story Short. We head back now to the Great Northern Conference and rejoin my discussion with Jessica Bowles from Bruntwood, where the subject matter turned to the way in which a city can keep the talent it nurtures. Universities are often places where people come they learn, they grow, they contribute for three or four years to the local Mm. economy and they take all those wonderful skills that they've learnt and go off and use them somewhere else. Absolutely, and I think that idea about innovation and research and development being an ivory tower activity absolutely is starting to shift and we need to see that happen more so that the brilliant ideas that get generated in our universities get turned into jobs in our cities. And ID Manchester is just one of those places that that we can do that with. Bruntwood are in a partnership with the University of Manchester to develop that out over the next 10 years to create thousands and thousands of jobs at that part of the city that build on those university strengths around tech and material science and to really create something of global significance. But I think the thing that I really love about ID Manchester is that you can see the communities that we want to connect to ID Manchester from ID Manchester. So you can stand on the old UMIST campus and you can look out at Beswick and Ardwick and all of those parts of the city and really think about how those young people who are growing up in those places will be able to look to that bit of the city and and see it as their future. Now, it doesn't just happen by accident, and we all know that. So the work that goes on building partnerships, going into schools, connecting kids with the opportunities that exist and inspiring them, that these are absolutely jobs that they can be successful in, is a really lovely thing to be involved in. The conversation then moved from one of Arcadis' priorities, that of people, to another that of the planet, and the pressure that we're all facing to address climate change while in the middle of a financial crisis. If you're still busy trying to get people on your order books, how can you, small or large business, say, I can change the whole way that I operate in order to climate-proof? I think these are not things you can do overnight, and of course there are massive economic challenges. But actually, you need some businesses to be leading the way in this space and to work out where your business model is that will work for it. So, you know, we've just put in planning permission for the first net zero carbon commercial building in Manchester that's going to be zero carbon for its construction and also its operation as close to zero carbon as you can possibly get but the next ones will have a template for doing that and over time these will become more fundable and investable in but also we know that there's a huge amount of long-term money looking to go into our cities precisely into these retrofit programs and into the green economy from our financial institutions what you need 
are organisations at place level who can translate that into action on the ground. Can you but give me an example of where this is actually happening here, right here in the yeah, North West? So, so there are really active conversations going on about how to do retrofitting of homes. And that's where institutional money can come into the North West, can do retrofit at scale for particularly social rented, so the social rented sector and housing associations. And there are programmes in Liverpool, there's programmes in Leeds where this is actually happening today. What needs to happen next is that scaling up so it happens at really big scale. So we have this city, this area of the world that's brilliant, has tons of talent, bags of potential, a far cry from the 1990s or indeed the 1970s, which we've, we've heard in conferences mentioned today when Manchester did really feel like it was you know, in the doldrums. But one thing that everybody has mentioned to a person is that the transport doesn't do what it should. If you try to get to the north, there is a feeling that it's almost made deliberately difficult for you. I'm sure that is absolutely not the case. But when we're trying to make transport greener, when we're trying to make transport more integrated, how big a job do we have here, Jess? I think we've got a pretty big job as of today and I think this breaks into two themes really. One is long-term investment in transport infrastructure and we know that's needed and and we've made the case about HS2 and Northern Powerhouse Rail across the the Pennines and how to connect that to your transport networks within cities and that's critical. You know, this is a no-brainer. You can see it in the sustainability report that Arcadis have done that creating really effective transport networks is critical for our future success. But there are some real problems with the basics right now. And I feel actually quite shocked that we could live in a a city where the train service that we relied on as a business that travels between Manchester and London, three trains an hour, was just overnight decimated. Decimated is a slight exaggeration, but from three trains an hour to one train an hour overnight with no consultation no discussion with business no discussion with the city and that is having both short-term implications of business being done between cities of people traveling around investors coming to the northwest but it also starts having a long-term impact as people start questioning whether you've got a city that is really viable to do business in one of the warnings that we've had is that if you wait if you are indecisive you miss an opportunity and you have to make sure that central government can let go. How important is that to you, Jess? Earlier in my career, I worked in um, the civil service in central government and in fact, I worked in the Department for Transport. So I've seen from a different perspective how decisions get made and how decisions get made in real silos without knowledge or sight of what the implications of that decision are, full knowledge of the implications. And and so I'm a real believer in devolution from the perspective that I think better decisions get made, more joined up, coherent decisions that can drive the economy in a more effective way if you devolve. What are the other key drivers for a more sustainable north? What's on your shopping list? So on my shopping list is taking the R&D that happens in our universities and translating that into business and company development and supporting those companies to grow and scale, creating more jobs in the place. And those specialisms being really thought through so that you can complement across the cities. You're not competing across them, but you can see that innovation ecosystem really driving change. 
We always like to end these things with a little bit of a hopeful idea for the future. What's a fix that we do need to look at? One thing that if you were listening to this today and you could take back to your city and think, oh yeah, I can push my city up the Sustainable Cities Index. I can make it better. What might it be? Well, I'm going to pick a people issue. And the people issue I would pick is to get your city's businesses to be actively participating in providing work experience, providing mentorship, to paying the real living wage and above and committing to good quality jobs through programs like Good Employers Charter because business can do that and of course there are challenges but we know the benefits if you treat your people really well. Jessica Bowles, thank you very much indeed for joining me around the table here in Manchester. And that brings us to the end of today's show. My thanks to Nick Keeley, director with Arcadis, Jessica Bowles from Brantwood and Brian Ford from the University of Leeds. My thanks also to the organisers of the Great Northern Conference at the University Academy 92 in Manchester. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get a copy of the Arcadis Sustainable Cities Index, then just head to arcadis.com where you can download it easily. You'll find fresh podcasts, all to do with the future of our cities, our communities and their recovery, popping up regularly at arcadis.com as well. You've been with Long Story Short, the Future Cities podcast from Arcadis. I'm Emma Nelson. Goodbye and thank you very much for listening. (laughs) 